What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Tomatoito Boxing Show. And uh, and this is another late night episode that I have here for you guys. Uh, the fights just concluded. Uh, the Deontay Wilder card just concluded. And it, it just post the uh, Devin Haney Cambosos uh, fight. I got to finish watching that fight and, uh, and I quickly jumped over and the transmission was, uh, uh, Deontay Wilder coming out against Robert Hellenius. Uh, I got to catch glimpses of the, um, Caleb Plant, Anthony Durrell. So I had to sit back before coming here to the microphone and watch that fight. Uh, wow. 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 On both ends, those top two. Those top two fights, the co-main event, if you checked out the preview episode that I did for the, the Wilder Hellenius and, uh, and, and how excited I was to see Deontay back in the ring, uh, I also mentioned and I, I went on a bit of a rant and I was stumbling my words a little bit on the preview episode because I was pretty ecstatic to, and in, Waiting, here I go again, right? Stumbling. I, I, w- I was very excited about the co-main event, which was between Caleb Plant and Anthony Durrell, especially after I caught notion and uh, that it had been elevated to a WBC title eliminator match, meaning the winner of this would go against David Benavides as they await their shot for Canelo Alvarez. Impressive to think that Caleb Plant could potentially be in a rematch fight against Canelo Alvarez, uh, should he... Uh, be victorious tonight and then be victorious against a David Benavides if that is in fact his following match uh, and gets his hands or beats Benavides and gets his hands around that interim WBC title. He would be next in line and a former foe of Canelo. This is his first fight stepping back into the ring since his defeat at the hands of Canelo Alvarez last year. And that's why I was excited about that. And we're going to jump right into that one before we cover the main event impressive card. Caleb Plant, fluid as always, very good hands, very quick hands, very good delivery. And Anthony Durrell himself did not look bad at all. Yes, he is the older fighter. fighter. I mentioned on the preview episode, he's 38 years old. He's been around for quite a while. His opponents on his resume of, um, that, of names that you'll recognize uh, those are names of yesteryear. Most of those opponents have retired and have moved on to uh, greener pastures. Uh, years ago, they retired. But he's taken such long layoffs due to injuries and just because of inactivity, taken such long layoffs. So yes, by age, he's older, but also by resume, he's taken some damage um, throughout his career as well. Hence, the long layoffs and the long recoveries. Um, nonetheless, Anthony Durrell looked good. He looked good. He was fast. He was trying to counter a little bit flat-footed at times uh, as he tried to make the try to make Caleb Plant fight him in the center of the ring and try to engage with with Caleb in the center of the ring and make it more of a dog fight, but was unable to. However, his hand speed is really, really fast still for Anthony Durrell, and that goes to the credit of Caleb Plant because Caleb Plant was in and out and how fast he was able to not just get out of the way of the damage, the oncoming damage by Durrell, but how fast he was able to counter and respond to Anthony Durrell. And that's exactly how the fight ended. Caleb Plant ends up catching uh, Durrell with a mean left body shot to which brought Durrell's guard down. And Caleb followed that body shot with a left hook that landed right on the button and knocked out Anthony Durrell in the ninth 
round. Nasty knockout, impressive knockout for Caleb Plant, impressive comeback performance for him. And it's sad to see that Anthony Durrell got knocked out. Who knows? He is, I just mentioned it right now, about his age and about his resume. He is definitely on the back end of his career, even though he's still looking really good. He's still looking really good, but he's leaving a lot of openings. And uh, and he's not the same Anthony Durrell of yesteryear. Or maybe competition is just a little bit better right now than when he was in his prime. Nonetheless, Anthony Durrell... And I, I say that, that competition is a little bit better right now because it's changed, right? His competition from when he was starting along with his brother, uh, Andre, when they were starting, they were the fast fighters, the fast hands, the speedy footwork, uh, the more elusive type fighters against heavier handed, more flat footed, come forward style fighters in the super middleweight division and the middleweight divisions back then. So that's what I, that's what I'm talking about as far as, uh, Anthony Durrell right now that now you got more elusive fighters, more fluid fighters, uh, in that division. And hence what took place here with Caleb Plant. Both of them are going to have fast hands. The advantage was pretty null right there, pretty even for both fighters as far as speed, uh, footwork pretty similar as well. It was going to be a matter of, uh, this being a chess match and who was going to be able to get in, get out, get out of the way and be able to land effectively or counter the other effectively. And this is exactly what took place. Caleb Plant ends up bringing Darrell's guard down with that nasty body shot and then followed it up with that left hook to the button. And, uh, and it landed right on the cheekbone, right on the, it shared the jawline with the cheekbone, uh, on the right side of Darrell's face and just drill them, just I hate to say that, but it was just, he just dropped lifeless. He just crumbled. And then, of course, Caleb Plant in a celebratory uh, fashion, of course, full of adrenaline. And, uh, and he stared at Darrell as he was on the ground. And then he started doing that shoveling uh, motion over and over as a referee tried to get him to stop doing that. Um, but he was basically doing the shoveling motion kind of um, as a throwback to like... Um, well, obviously that he's burying his opponent, right? That he just put him in the ground. But, uh, but it's something that Tito Ortiz made famous and made popular some 20 years ago, uh, when he was in his heyday in the UFC, that he would, he would bury his opponents, dig and bury. So congratulations, Caleb Plant. What a comeback. What a comeback. And then we go to the main event and, uh, between Deontay Wilder and Robert Hellenius. And, uh, as they step in, you start seeing, you start getting those jitters of, dang, how is, how is Wilder going to respond? How's he going to look tonight? And, uh, and you could tell that he was a little bit rusty. Robert Hellenius came out of the fight, came out answering the bell in similar fashion as he's accustomed to doing, flat footed and inching forward towards his opponent. And he was landing some heavy leather, even though it wasn't landing clean. It was landing on the shoulder of Deontay. He did land some some body shots there. They were landing on the arm, on the bicep, on the forearm. Uh, But he was landing some heavy leather. So he was basically just touching up Deontay Wilder. Uh, He got a couple body shots where he caught Deontay Wilder against the ropes. Deontay looked, definitely looked rusty. His, his footwork wasn't under him. His legs weren't under him. Uh, very wide footed, uh, throughout several times, uh, in that first round. Uh, but he, 
he possesses the power. And I said it on the preview episode. You could put money against his boxing skill. You could put money against his defense. You could put money against his footwork. You could put money against whatever you want. But the one thing that you cannot bet against when you're talking about Deontay Wilder, you cannot put money. You'd be a moron if you put money against his punching power. And this is exactly what took place today. Robert Hellenius started pressuring Deontay Wilder against the corner, comes forward, lunges forward, gloves down because he's punching. And as he's landing these punches, they're partially landing on Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder with a high guard leaning against those ropes and ends up sending a pitter-patter rabbit-style punch to the nose and left side cheek shared by the by the bridge of the nose and the left cheek lands a rabbit style calzaggy style pitter patter punch it didn't look like he had i mean he definitely didn't you could go back and look at that he barely had any leverage on that it's not like he winded this punch it was from a bent elbow position forward and he knocked Robert Hellenius out cold, stiff. Impressive power. If he's able to deliver with that much force at that awkward of an angle, no wonder he's been dropping people his entire career when he's able to fully extend and send that machine gun of a hand into and drilling it into his opponent's heads, breaking guards. No wonder he was able to put Tyson Fury down. King Kong. And you and you would just be in awe at as to how nasty these fighters would fall and crumble after getting drilled by Deontay Wilder. Now you got this punch that wasn't a fully extended punch. It was from a bent elbow position forward and landed on the nose. And the left side cheek of Robert Hellenius and knocked him out cold. His eyes just, eyes wide open, almost rolling to the top of his head, to the back of his head. But his arms and his body stiff. And it took him a while for the doctors and the staff to be able to wake Robert Hellenius up and get him mobile. Uh, Several attempts that were made as the camera focused on Robert Hellenius, several attempts were made of trying to get him where Robert Hellenius was trying to get up and they're trying to assist him. And he's leaning with his gloves on the mat in a bent forward position, unable to fully stand up straight. It was that much power that Deontay Wilder released from an awkward punching position and an awkward punch that he was able to throw. And that's how impressive it is. Who knows how much power is in that hand? Because the force that he's able to release, even in that awkward of a position, it's it's just mind-blowing to me. And I can't even put it into words. And I'm stumbling, <laughs> especially both in the preview episode of this, uh, of Deontay Wilder, and then the Caleb Plant co-main, and, uh, and here in the, in the recap episode. And I'm still stumbling because I'm in awe as to both of these fights that took place at the top of the card. But I'm in awe of Deontay Wilder's power and how he's able to hit someone that hard a body that was 40 pounds heavier than him 
at yesterday's weigh-in. He came in lighter than he's come in for the last past few, three, four years. He should be fighting at that Bridgerweight division that they created. Because that's supposed to go all the way up to 220, right? He's technically a Bridgerweight according to the WBC, uh, WBC's new division. Solely created division. And he's drilling these bigger bodies, taller bodies. This is a 6'6", 253-pound man who possibly rehydrated uh, a little bit higher uh, or walked around at 253 today if he even had to worry about a weight cut or so. Who knows? But holy crap, man. What a punch. The power of Deontay Wilder is real. He's back on the win column with another knockout to his credit. And the return of the Bronze Bomber has been witnessed by thousands and thousands and thousands of people today, including yours truly. I'll leave you guys with that. What an impressive knockout uh, or knockouts by both Caleb Plant and by one, the Bronze Bomber, Deontay Wilder. I'm glad to see him back in the ring. And now, who do we have to look forward to? For Caleb Plant, it looks like he's lined up for David Benavides. Don't give him any other fight. Let's get him straight into David Benavides. Those guys have bad blood already, especially Caleb Plant and Jose Benavides, a younger brother, but of uh, or the older brother of David Benavides. But these guys are in the same division: Caleb Plant, David Benavides, and now the stakes are higher because he could shoot after the WBC interim title and get back into a shot should he be victorious against Benavides get back into a shot at Canelo for the supremacy at 168. So the stakes are have never been higher and have never looked better for Caleb Plant. Just one fight removed from when he relinquished his IBF title. And for Deontay Wilder, Joe Joyce and Joseph Parker just had an impressive fight amongst the two. Joe Joyce stopped Joseph Parker with that power. Andy Ruiz beat King Kong in what was a close, tight decision victory that he had over Luis Ortiz, which I feel that if he wouldn't have dropped Ortiz, Ortiz was actually ahead in the cards, in my opinion, if, and he would have won by decision if he hadn't been dropped twice by, by Andy Ruiz. PBC fight, Andy Ruiz and Deontay Wilder, that should be an easy one to make. Easier than if he's going to go fight Joe Joyce. Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury, that fight fell through. It looks like Tyson Fury is going to be fighting Derek Chisora for a third time. Why? Why would Tyson Fury take a step back? He should just be fighting either Joshua or Usyk. And that's it. Why would you take a step back? against fighters who are trying to climb up the ladder or trying to stay relevant, especially a third fight against Chisora, which neither one of the first two fights were any good. Speaking from a fan, fan's perspective. But he seems like he got himself into a fight with Derek Chisora, so Tyson Fury's going to be tied up. Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, that's the fight to make. At Wembley Stadium would be amazing, or stateside here in Vegas, or even at the Barclays, that would be amazing. MSG, why not? Bring Joshua to MSG, that would be huge. Deontay Wilder, Andy Ruiz, that would be huge. Deontay Wilder and Joe Joyce, they're in different positions in their careers right now. Nonetheless, Joe Joyce is 37 years old. 
This would be a huge opportunity for Joe Joyce, and it would be a huge statement if Deontay Wilder drills Joe Joyce and stops him in his tracks as he's ready to take on the very best at the heavyweight and the heavy, that the heavyweights have to offer. He's chasing after Usyk. Deontay Wilder wants Usyk. But if he needs to get his footing back under him, then get in there with Anthony Joshua. Perfect position right now. Get in there with Andy Ruiz. Andy Ruiz is right there knocking on the door of the of the of title contention again. And Joe Joyce is right there knocking on the door of title contention as well. He's a WBO interim at heavyweight. Daniel Dubois, I think, is going to be scheduled for a fight. I don't recall who he's going to be fighting, uh, but he's going to be he's going to be uh, coming up with a with a fight as well uh, pretty soon. So he'll be tied up. He's got the WBA uh, regular world title since they have multiple titles there. The WBA regular world title and um, obviously trying to line themselves up for a shot at Usyk, who holds the super champion version of the uh, WBA title. Impressive by Deontay Wilder. I want to hear from you guys. What do you think is going to happen next? Is it Deontay Wilder and Andy Ruiz? Or is it going to be Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua now that Joshua doesn't have a dance partner? I bet you those negotiations would be fairly easy and uh, fairly easy to make between Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua. Wow. Mind-blowing. The knockout. Knockout victory for the Bronze Bomber. He's back. And listen, he didn't look all that great uh, to start, but it was only the first round. He was barely warming up. I saw him a little hesitant. Uh, and I, and obviously, I already mentioned this, but how do you bet against that power? You can't. And if you think you could, and that was a thing of yesteryear, you're an absolute moron because he just did it again. And he just put this guy out cold, stiff. My credit to Robert Hellenius, who was a former sparring partner and helped Deontay Wilder uh, in preparation to the Tyson Fury fight and knew Deontay Wilder fairly well. Uh, my hat's off to him because he was valiant enough to step in there knowing how much power Deontay Wilder possesses and uh, and managed to go in there. And and they said it. Somebody, I think Deontay's the one that said it in the lead up to the fight. Someone's going to get knocked out, either me or him, but someone's going to get knocked out tonight because both of them were knockout type Possess knockout type power, especially Deontay Wilder, and he proved that once again. Best knockout ratio in the heavyweight division, in my opinion. Best knockout ratio. There are several more, but best knockout ratio, in my opinion. Definitely Deontay Wilder. Joe Joyce is the other one. All right, ladies, gents, I leave you guys and gals with uh, with this um, late night episode. Uh, what a great, great, great night of boxing. And, uh, and I'll see you guys here in the, in the next coming days with some more episodes. Thank you guys again for tuning in. Thank you for all the love. Continue to tune in and spread the word as the show continues to grow little by little each and every week. And, uh, and I'll talk to you all soon. Take care of yourselves. Salute.